Good evening. Um, I know when you have optics, you're not supposed to point it out, but I'm going to point it out anyways. You have black, that's Friday. You have gray, that's second day. And then there's white, and there's hope. And as we start to think about what causes the black and the gray, the two greatest um, problems in human history is sin and death. The solution, um, it's why this Friday um, is good. Now, in the past, we have done uh, Good Friday services focusing on the physical. We would have the, the whip, the crown, and the nails. Today, I'm going to challenge you in a little bit of a different fashion. We're going to look at the spiritual, the unseen, because the physical is relatable. So just help think with me on this. A scripture that really points out for this entire weekend is, is located in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3. And it says, For Christ also once suffered, um, once for sins, the righteous for the, unrighteous, uh, for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but be made alive in the Spirit. Let's come before the Lord. Father, we want to take this moment in time in a sense of seriousness, a somberness, God, to remember and to recall, to recount what your Son has done. To give us hope, Father God, how you, your Son, has defeated sin and death, which is rampant in the world today. Father, continue to grant us a gratitude uh, in heart, in actions, in deeds that truly honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if we look at sin, the core of sin is basically a violation of a relationship between the creator and the creatures, which is us. And um, the effects of sin is always alienation. And I was thinking that um, if we look at kind of the anatomy or the progression of, uh, progression of sin, it tells us in, in James, uh, let me just read this to you, just so we could kind of dissect about what sin is. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. When it's fully grown, brings forth uh, death. A couple words I want to take out of this particular scripture to help us comprehend this. First of all, temptation. It's all around us, constantly, like waves of a water, like waves on an ocean. Now, the question is, is being tempted, is it a sin? And a lot of us agree, it's not. Even Jesus himself was tempted. And, in fact, Martin Luther said once, um, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you could keep them from building a nest on top of your hair, you know? Um, 
So temptation is all around. It comes from the exterior. The second part, but each person is tempted when he is lured uh, and enticed by his own uh, desire. Who is responsible um, when we're drawn into evil? A lot of people are like, oh, the devil made me do it. Um, No, not what the scripture tells us. No, it's not the devil. Um, It must be God. No, it's not. If you read that line again, it says, we are lured and enticed by his own. It's you. (laughs) It's yourself. It's your, what is it, desire. Uh, Other um, translations, it it talks about it's it's lust. The lust of our heart. Um, It's our old nature. It's built in us. It's our bent. The prophet Jeremiah says, the, um, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So when Jesus addressed the law when he was on this earth, um, and he addressed the, the, the Ten Commandments, he went a little bit deeper. He addressed the heart of the issue. He would talk about if you have anger against your brother, it's like you have murdered him in your heart. If you, um, if men lust after a woman, um, <clears throat> then you actually committed adultery in the heart. So it's a heart issue. So we have temptation on the outside, and we have um, this desire, this uh, sinful desire that's on the inside. So what happens? What is sin? It says in, in our part here, it's when desire, when it is conceived, and when you see the word conceived, it's basically uh, joining and uniting two units. It's, it's joining the temptation with the desire, and uh, through action, uh, that's where sin is birthed. So just using a, a, a quick illustration on this, um, as um, fish, I'm not a fisherman, really. I had to ask Mike about this. <clears throat> So when you look at um, different lures, because fish are always normally, they're typically hungry, and as lures come about, as a typical fisherman would try to cast, each lure is designed for different fish, right? So you have this lure for a bigger fish, uh, you have this little ugly one uh, for a smaller fish, right? And uh, sometimes, I was going to use this one but it's just too cute, so I had to like put that one back. The eyes were too big. So one of the challenges is that sometimes a seasoned fish would see these different lures, and they go, I've seen that one, because a lure is basically man-made. And, um, uh, but the challenge is, is that when a bait comes out, a bait is more of a live little fish. Oh, that's more active. Um, let me kind of nibble on that. And as you nibble, as they nibble on that, as you can see, uh, you put your mouth around that, the hook, a skilled fisherman would pull that and hook you. I know it's kind of a silly uh, um, illustration, but it proves a point. In Genesis, it tells us that sin is crouching at the door. And for my own personal walk, um, trying to live a pure life, um, 
I drive a lot. And so I drive by through Hollywood up and down and I see all these billboards and um, sometimes I'm on my phone um, and I know they're, they're kind of lures. They're like man-made. So I'm like, I'm a season. Come on. Nice try, Satan. Right? It doesn't bother me. However, when a woman is uh, dressed to entice, then I go, uh-oh, live bait. Live bait. I mean, just this afternoon, I was over in uh, Laguna Beach, and uh, I guess it was a lot of people's day off today, not me. But just driving up and down PCH, I'm like, live bait, live bait, live bait. And especially with my wife out of town, the live bait is more active, you know? And I don't know what it is, but temptation has been escalating this past two weeks. Maybe because I'm doing a sermon or something like that, I don't know. Um... But the point is that don't take the lure, don't take the bait. Because if you do, you know, sin. So, is sin pleasurable? Certainly it is. The Bible tells us that it is uh, for a season. However, um, our summum bonum, which is our supreme good, our purpose in life, um, is to be in fellowship with God. So the question is, is how can a pure, righteous, holy God have a relationship with someone that's imperfect like you and I? If we look at the past, the entire sacrificial system was an attempt to make it possible for us to have the right relationship um, with God. Um, a Levitical priest, as Pastor Chris mentioned, would be kind of like butchers, you know. Uh, they would do animal sacrifice that would be done on a yearly basis to cover our sins. It wasn't sufficient enough to atone for a human's, uh, um, a, a human sins. Um, <clears throat> a human life for a human sin. And why is that? I would think, I think, because you would think, if you have a sacrifice, a pet, if I brought Goliath up here and were to see him slit, so to speak, and see the bloodshed, um, that would cause me to realize uh, kind of the consequences of sins. You know what I mean? Um, so it makes me turn my attention to God. So atheist um, Richard Dawkins says, why didn't God just forgive us all of our, this? Uh, why did He just forgive us without all this nasty killing business? And sometimes you may be thinking the same thing: this blood sacrifice—it's so primitive, it's uh, it, it, it's so foreign to the 21st century, especially here in the West. The challenge is that sometimes you and I, or the world, we don't understand what atonement is. Atonement basically is the condition of being at one with God. Uh, for to simplify it, at one meant. You see, God requires perfection. He requires a sacrifice that has no blemish. So as Ezekiel is going to pass out a card, that's your key, bro. And pen, we have to ask ourselves who can solve this sin problem? 
And what I'd like you to do is just take a moment or so um, to think back this past day, this past week, this past month, perhaps this past year, and think about a certain sin or sins that you've been toying at or nibbling at or perhaps even a temptation that you've been meditating it longer than normal. So I want you to just take a few moments, write it down, come up here. I have some scotch tape. And you can fold it so nobody sees it except you and the Lord. And I want you to place it on the back of the cross as if you and I are whipping our Savior. So let's take a few moments um, to write that down, and then we'll continue our message. encourage you to continue to meditate upon that, um, just reflect upon sin in your life that you need to confess and bring to the cross. Between you and the Lord, when you're ready, you can come on up. The rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee like the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure cleanse me from its guilt and power not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands could my zeal no rest right now my tears 
rivers forever flow All for sin could not atone Thou must save and Thou alone Nothing in my hand I bring Simply to thy cross I cling Make it come to thee for dress Helpless look to thee for grace Foul I to thy fountain fly Wash me, Savior, or I die. Now while I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death, unknown see the all thy judgment throne rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee let me hide Myself in thee, let me hide myself in thee. What a blessing, as many of you have come forward that God has put it in your heart and having you understand um, that it is Him that's pulling you and it is because of your forgiveness in Christ that has have you drawn uh, just to, to, to confess. Uh, as you can see, the cross covers your sins. Uh, his blood covers it. So as we continue, um, what's the penalty of sin? It's death. Death simply is separate, which never means extinction, okay? So there's two types. There's the physical death, uh, where the soul is separated from the material, from the body. Um, Because eventually these bodies, these tents, they uh, return back to its dust, When Adam ate of the fruit, um, he died spiritually. But his body was still alive until about 900 years later. Paul tells us in Colossians that uh, we were dead in your trespasses. You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcisions of your flesh. 
So the physical part, a lot of times we could relate to that. So especially after you're 40, you start to feel aches and pains and like, oh yeah, death is coming, <laughs> right? The second type is the spiritual death. And spiritual death is eternal, not temporal, eternal separation from God. And that's either heaven or hell. These are real places. Paul tells us to, is to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord, right? However, hell truly is a real place. And hell was not initially designed for people, for you and I. It was designed for Satan and his demons. That's why it is eternal um, torment, not extinction. And if you, if you would like to read deeper into that, just read Luke chapter 16, and it talks about Lazarus and the, and the rich man. But I want you to understand that even in Revelation, the great revelator discusses how sometimes, you know, death is so much part of us, we just want it. A lot of times our thinking is, I just want it to be over. Um, in Revelations, as he's talk, as the revelator John talks about, he says, Kings of the earth, great ones, generals, rich and powerful, slave and free, hid themselves in caves calling to the mountains and, and, and rocks and say, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. So people wanted to like, I just wanted to be extinct. It's, e it's eternal torment. And as we look around in the world today, as you look at some news, you start to see some innocent bystanders like those in the, uh, the Ukraine, innocent civilian, uh, um, uh, civilians dying, good people. You know, um, even those that are not in the news, um, the amount of babies that are aborted or those that are being human trafficked. Uh, this past Tuesday, I was picking up my mother-in-law over in Victorville, and uh, I pulled off of the 15 and Bear Valley, and there's about 40 cops surrounding this mall. It's a real popular mall for Victorville, and uh, every door was basically secured. And uh, as I was looking through the internet, what's going on? And apparently there was a shooter in there, and unfortunately a seven-year-old got shot. Total innocent bystander. And if I even take it a little bit closer to heart and look at my own personal circle, I look at people that are a little bit older than I am. This past year, I've had some uncles and in-laws uh, that have passed through COVID. Um, I look at some that are younger. Uh, a friend of the family, Ben, um, his parents passed uh, last year. And then last month, his younger sister died of cancer. Um, I even look at someone that's about my same age, uh, a guy that I played uh, football with. We, we grew up together. We played ball together. He just got around the wrong crowd. Uh, Danny Blahey, unfortunately, he overdosed with um, uh, fentanyl. It seems like death is all around us, and it seems like death is winning, doesn't it? 
But the question is, is who can solve this death problem? And a lot of times we may be thinking, boy, you look at where this all started with Adam. This is just not fair. This is not fair. Sin and death entered into this world because of one man and his um, wrong decision. Now we all pay for it. We all have the ramifications, especially our sinful nature. And it's just not fair. And honestly, I can kind of agree with that. But it is also not fair for a perfect Savior who knew no sin, took the entire wrath of God on his back, willingly died to correct the separation between us and God. Is that fair? Which leads us to the solution, which leads us to the scripture that we opened up with. For Christ also suffered once uh, for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. And as we look at the word suffering, he was mocked, he was spat upon, he was beaten to the point where uh, he was unrecognizable, he was scorned. He even struggled to carry the cross. And if you notice, not a single word came out of his mouth. If you look at the seven statements that he said on the cross, one of them was, I thirst. And when he was on the cross, the soldiers uh, offered him wine mixed with gall, which was kind of like a medicine to help deaden the pain. And when he tasted it, he didn't drink of it. Why is because he took the full effect. There was no shortcuts with Jesus. And it's reminded of me when King David uh, was uh, said that he, he said in Samuel, he says, uh, I'm not going to offer any burnt offering that cost me nothing. It's the same heart. He paid the full price. But for Christ also suffered once. He said it is finished. He just, it was just done. It was sufficient enough once. It doesn't have to be every single week. His death was once. And it was once for our sins, plural, sins, not just our sin, as sins. Our past, our present, and our future. Psalm 103 tells us as far as the east is to the west. But the most sweetest part of this verse where it talks about the righteous, or the just, which is Christ, for the unrighteous, or the unjust, which is you and I. And it's kind of a theme of the Bible, if you read through Habakkuk, Romans, Galatians, the writer of Hebrew, they said that the just shall live by faith. You and I are the righteous. You and I are are the just because of what Christ has done on the cross. That's exciting. I was flipping through um, the Fox's Book of Martyr and it was talking about a certain martyr that was being burnt at the stake. And one of his last words was, Sweet Jesus. And then he died. Understand that Jesus didn't have the sweet fellowship of his father presence. Instead, 
God the Father treated him as an enemy. He was a target for all this righteous anger. Jesus became a sin on our behalf. In fact, I, I think that his death and crucifixion was probably the worst of any martyr that's ever lived. Now, you may be thinking there might be some in a physical sense that may have suffered more, but I'm talking about the entire, the, the entire package, the spiritual suffering, the total experience. Why is because he was able to endure it without the Father. And as we revisit the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was sitting with his inner circle disciples, he stated this, he says, My soul is very sorrowful or agony, even to death. You could feel that. You could feel his words. Remain here and watch with me as they went to sleep. And as he pulled away and prayed to the Father, you know this part, where he says, Let this cup, let this judgment pass. In other words, what Jesus was saying, there must be another way. There must be another way. There must be another way. Heaven was silent. If heaven or the Father could speak, he would have said, there is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other way. You must be crushed. And if you look at the symbolic behind that, um, all throughout the New Testament, oil is represented as the Holy Spirit. And the word Gethsemane means oil press. Jesus had to be crushed, which allowed the Holy Spirit to be our helper today. A few chapters in John 14, Jesus was saying, in tying with this, it says, I am the way. The word the is a definite, it's, it's, it's called ha, or a definite article. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He lived it. Jesus believed in Jesus. He understood that he was the only way. And as we close, we ought to think, that Jesus solves the problem of sin and death by dying on the cross for our sins. Jesus was at one meant for us. The Father allowed it. Jesus Christ willingly accepted it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for what your Son has done. As we think through um, just the, the suffering, uh, the, the thinking process, um, the strain that he must have had in, her, in his heart, that he needed a, an angel to strengthen him to, be, to go through this time of crucifixion. Father, we are humble and we are thankful. But we also know, Father, that that not even death 
can separate us from the love of God. And we are reminded who that love is. And that's Jesus Christ. So thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to the um, um, part of uh, communion, I'm just going to read verbatim, if you're okay with that. Um, to have our mindset, um, and what I'm going to be asking you to do, as Garen leads us in worship, is to come up uh, when you're ready to grab a piece of bread and there's three um, <clears throat> cups that dip that you could dip and then take it to your seat and then take communion between you and the Lord. But Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, he says, For I receive the Lord that I also deliver to you that the Lord Jesus on that night when he was betrayed took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the way, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant, is my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's exactly what we're doing. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Then, which we did, you examined yourself. Then, so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. Lose all their guilty 
stain Lose all their guilty stains And sinners plunge beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day and there where I go vile as he wash all my sins away wash all my sins away wash all my sins away and then may I though vile as he wash all my sins away encourage you to yeah, um, receive of the bread and the juice, Christ's broken body and shed blood for you if you haven't already. For those that have, let's go ahead and stand, continue singing this. Again, the lyrics are in the app, church app, sing ever since by faith. faith I saw the stream by flowing wounds supply redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die shall be till and shall be till I die and shall be till I die redeeming love redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die when this poor listing when this poor lisping stammering tongue lies silent in the grave then in a nobler sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save I'll sing thy power to save I'll sing thy power to save then in a nobler sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save 
tonight as we were uh, worshiping the Lord and uh, writing this confession, receiving communion, there's a few thoughts that were going through my mind. And the first thought was that many years ago, I took Darcy to the dentist and they said that they were going to have to pull her some of her teeth out. She's about five or six at the time. And I could hear her screaming out in pain uh, at the dentist and I was in the waiting room. And I, I could literally feel myself cringing as I, you know, she's getting the shot and has, having her teeth pulled out. And it was just, um, you know, just the love of a father for his child and seeing your child in pain. And I was wondering as I was listening to Norm, I was thinking that, do I feel the same way about Christ on the cross as I felt about Darcy getting her teeth pulled out? The second thought I had was, um, as I was writing the confession, I just wrote one word, and it was the word greed on there. And I, I found myself thinking about all the ways I've been greedy. And as I was putting the confession on there, I was thinking, you know, am I just doing this just to write something and, and, and just to feel better that he can forgive and cleanse me real fast, but I'm just going to return back to it? Or am I doing this so that he can forgive me and cleanse me, but I really have an intention to turn from that? And there's a difference between the two, right? And, um, and I was thinking about confession, and, um, and I was re- receiving confession. I was thinking, Lord, you know, I have all this sin in my life that sent you to the cross. And... Um, I just, I don't know what to do, Lord. I I just throw myself at your mercy. You know, have mercy upon me, a sinner, right? Or a sinful saint. And sometimes that's all I can do with communion. It's just come to the Lord and say, Lord, just just have mercy on me. Will you have mercy on me? And I, I think that to me was how the Lord worked in my heart during Good Friday. And um, I think he's worked in your heart too. And thank you for that word, Norm. And Garen leading us in worship. Um, we're going to close this night. We're going to do something that we did uh, maybe about three years ago, three or four years ago. We're actually going to close this night um, by doing a, a processional. You know, there's a processional after a funeral, right? You go from the service to the gravesite, and you drive in your cars, and you walk to the gravesite. And so we're going to do that symbolically. We're going to do a processional. And instead of getting in our cars, we're going to walk. We're going to walk from here to the Village Plaza. And as we do, we're going to sing some some songs. We're going to sing it out loud. We're going to stop at certain points. And I've asked several of you to read some scriptures. And uh, we're going to listen to the the scriptures read about Jesus' crucifixion. And we're going to sing, we're going to sing unto the Lord. People are going to be eating. They're going to be walking around. This car is going to be driving by. But this is a processional unto the Lord. As we sing the praises of God, as we read the words of the Lord, it will go out into the urban air of this city. And it will be the light. You will be the light in the darkness. And so we're going to do that right now. Maybe about uh, take 20 minutes, half an hour. We're going to walk around and we'll just come right back.